for the week of February 23rd, 2020. This is Star Wars TV Talk, where we dive deep into every Star Wars TV and Disney Plus streaming series, as well as all the latest news coming out of Lucasfilm. Today, we are talking about the premiere of the seventh and final season of The Clone Wars. And to help me with that is John. John, how are you doing? Doing good. Got a little deja vu. It wasn't until I was about 30 seconds into this episode that I realized that this was all very familiar. And I forgot that I'd watched those um, like pre-visualization, those work prints that they put out a few years back. And so it really never occurred to me that they were actually going to be sticking very close to you know, what they'd already had in production. I assume that there's going to be a lot of reimagining now after the fact that they thought, uh, we're going to go out on a bang and maybe rewrite a lot of this, but this was, um, uh, this was very familiar to anyone that's seen those, but still competent episode. So happy to get into it. Yeah, it was really cool, especially for this episode. And we'll see what the rest of the season does, but that's exactly right. Like this is all familiar territory, which makes it cool to me because we get to see really what Dave Filoni had in his brain and his company had going on uh, back a couple years ago when they wanted to really move this thing forward. But, you know, for whatever reason, there was kind of a cutoff for it. So, yeah, I am excited to get into this and to talk about it. We have more new Star Wars content. We have the Clone Wars back. Mm -hmm. And boy, do we have an episode to talk about today. Action packed. Absolutely. So I have to say, I felt all nostalgic when that Jedi fortune cookie (laughs) popped up because it just brought back so much. I mean, this is one of the things that was so great about the Clone Wars, and I loved just kind of diving into it. And it really sets the stage for the rest of the show. So I have to mention it. Mm -hmm. So this week, it was embrace others for their differences, for that makes you whole. Now, obviously, this has more meaning by the end of this episode, but it kind of sets the stage here. It was just. I, I loved it. I, I missed this. It's great. So mm-hmm. the first thing that sticks out to me about this episode is that Mace Windu and Anakin Skywalker are doing some missions together. Right. Here's a question that I have for you, John, because this kind of obviously leads into something that happens in episode three, Revenge of the Sith, because Mace Windu in that film doesn't really trust Anakin. And he says right. that <laughs> explicitly yeah. that I don't trust him. So do you think that this is kind of setting the stage for that or what do you think is going on here? Uh, possibly. I, I don't think that it would be lost on the writers of Clone Wars that they want to allude to where everything concludes in Revenge of the Sith, right? Like they, they poured over that movie and they were making little notes of, oh yeah, we could touch on that mm-hmm. or we could help establish that. So we know that that's in their thinking that they want to add context and layers to what we see in the big screen fair. So the fact that we're pairing them up and they're going to have to, you know, be doing some strategizing and see each other's tactics and kind of get in each other's head a little bit more as they're, you know, trying to win the day on, on this particularly important manufacturing world. I could see there being an opportunity for that, but what we see of Anakin at this point is he's, he's still pretty, uh, sort of like firmly resolved and in mission mode. So, you know, unless Mace Windu has an opportunity to see him really like cut a corner or do, you know, some of the questionable, uh, actions that he sometimes does when, when he feels like, uh, you know, maybe winning is more important than sticking to your ethics or whatever, uh, unless Mace Windu sees a, a sterling example of 
Anakin's character flaw. I don't know if, you know, we're actually going to get that here, but it's certainly possible. We just got to wait and see. Yeah, I have some speculation about that when we get into one of the characters that comes back later on in this episode. But we have, of course, this return of these beloved characters from the Clone Wars, and the droids are learning some stuff here. So Mm -hmm. the droids obviously are are learning about what the clones are doing, which is expected, but that kind of launches us into into this whole mission, Mm -hmm. is this idea that the droids are figuring out the clones, if you will. Now, one of the other points that I wanted to talk about here, so after this is all brought up, Anakin is, I'm reading it, and I'm curious if this is your read as well, but Anakin is sensing that Rex is keeping something from uh, Master Windu and himself. Is that kind of your read that you had on this as well? Yeah, and I think that this is something that they added after the fact. Because I don't think that was really part of what they were showing in the work print version of this. I think that maybe... What they're doing is, you know, now that they've had the whole season that they can break and, you know, kind of fine tune a few things and and add a little bit more emotional punch. I think that they're trying to establish that there's going to be some sort of intrigue that wasn't present in in the original work print versions from a few years ago. I got that sense because obviously, you know, Anakin calls him out. He's like, are you sure there's nothing else Mm -hmm. you have to say? And we understand that obviously uh, he's uneasy uh, about getting a sense that the strategies that the droids are using are his own. And it's something that uh, makes him suspicious that one of his clone brethren that they thought is dead, uh, you know, could still be out there or there, there's something more going on. He's just not at a point where he feels he can reveal that. And so, yeah, I think that's what Anakin's obviously picking up on there. Yeah. And this is something else that I kind of really enjoyed about the Clone Wars. And we had so many conversations about this over the summer, but the humanizing <laughs> these clones in a way right. where they have these feelings. Um, they obviously have these type of relationships. And then, of course, we've seen in the past the Jedi being more conscious of of that this group of soldiers rather than the separatists feel towards their droids. And right. we see Dooku exploit it. Obviously, that that whole thing happens. But this kind of goes into, uh, once again, humanizing this group and leads us on this suicide mission, which leads us into the Clone Force 99, or otherwise mm-hmm. known as the Bad Batch. Yeah. So what do you think of these clones? Because I have a couple of thoughts with them. But overall, we have uh, these five or six uh, Bad Batch individuals <laughs> who yes. are defective. In all the right ways. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I liked how they put it. They're defective, but they have desirable <laughs> mutations. Right. Well, yeah, they, they don't really frame it as uh, they're defective. They were the product of extreme experimentation, right? Like where they're trying to create more extreme versions of the clones. And these are sort of like prototypes or half-baked versions. Uh, that's why rather than them being very subservient and ready to fall in line and listen to commands. They're a lot more individualistic and a lot more proud. Like they don't have the same qualities that we see in the the regulars. Yeah. And so that's kind of cool that you see that where they may have extreme gifts in certain areas, they also have extreme failings, you know, when it comes to like being able to collaborate and, you know, follow the chain of command and, you know, their, their personalities are very prickly, you know? Um, so it, it is cool to see an unbalanced soldier, you know, this, this guy is a berserker and he can, uh, lift a gunship when, when he needs to, but you know, he's also just terrible to actually spend time with, you know, just, you know, jerk. So, um, yeah, this was fun. This was a nice way to shake things up and introduce a fresh element into the clone forces. 
Now, this really reminded me a lot of kind of the 1980s uh, series of the Sylvester Stallone type movies oh, sure, where they yeah. got this, they have this, this brooding group. And I know mm-hmm. it's not the eighties with the, with the Stallone version of the expendables, but it's really that, right? Like it's really sure. this crew of a, not, they might not be as expendable as uh, maybe those characters in the film, but they're definitely there. And there's obviously some inspiration with the leader of this bad batch who looks exactly like, like Rambo he's from Rambo. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a, there's a sense of like commando <laughs> and yeah, the other, like we're the you know we're the seals or we're the the delta force or we're the the group that you call in when you need people to just get stuff done and not really follow the rules you know like the guys that we can disavow yeah you get a sense of that and you're right that was a huge genre in action movies in the 80s so yeah yeah i think that was definitely where they were pulling inspiration from and then the next thing here so the immediately as soon as they announced this is clone force 99 i'm like oh uh, or is this a is this kind of an Easter egg? Is it an oh, intentional? Well, he says it. He says of... that's a nice touch, right? So we right. know that it's an homage to ninety nine, um, which uh, is very fitting, right? Because you have another clone where it's understood that you know he's from a bad batch, right? Like he mm-hmm. he's aging way too quickly, or whatever whatever his particular defect was. So uh, the fact that he became such an endearing character, yep. <laughs> uh, it's just nice that yeah they were willing to. Uh, take that as their mantle um yeah fun fun and then we lead into of course the ship getting shot down before they reach the cyber center and then this of course leads to what you were saying this big uh brooding individual able to lift this ship off of off of uh cody and i mean okay this is this was the (laughs) one problem i had with this episode my one issue was all right, I, I get it. They have this kind of desirable uh, thing going on with them. They have these different traits. One of them's really good at, at his aim and the other ones. Yeah, they got to give each one a showcase of their special gift. Which is very 1980s reminiscent of these type of movies, right? They all have to have their moment. They all have to have sure. their introduction scene and show what they're capable of. But I just, I thought lifting up that ship off of Cody was a little too much for me. It mm-hmm. kind of, it took me away from it and I'm like, okay, all right, I guess this is going to be a thing. And I think I think it's going to reappear. It th- however long uh, Clone Force ninety nine is going to be a part of this season. So I definitely think this is going to come back. And maybe there's a sure. nice little uh, sacrificial moment where he's you know Samson, if you will, crushing the whole temple yes. to kill yeah, everyone. Yeah. He can he can hold the door up just long enough to get people to safety, but maybe not himself. Something along those lines. Uh, it would be a fitting end, right, for our, our brute. Mm-hmm. You're right that there was a. A little bit of uh, Marvel, you know, a little bit of superhero feel to that, um, a little bit of Hulk smash. This on first watch was a little frustrating. I thought that, you know, he was going to put his back into it and he was going to get it up a few inches so they could uh, pull Cody out to safety. That would have been fitting, but these are big characters and I think they want to make a big statement and it is what it is, but it was a little too comic booky for my taste. I really like Star Wars when the physics feel like they have some weight and they don't, you know, they, they don't get that cartoony with it. So yeah, there's a, there's a valid critique there. They could have shown off his muscle and his value to the group, which they also do in a minute. You know, he grabs Mm -hmm. a piece of of the wall of, of the, the transport and he uses it as a barricade, a moving barricade so they can just mow down all these, uh, battle droids. So, I mean, I don't think, I think it was superfluous. I don't think we needed such a a big statement right out of the gate Mm -hmm. from him. 
Yeah, and I definitely enjoyed that. So you have Wrecker mm. picking up the, the shrapnel of the ship and using it as that barricade. And it, yeah. I think they called it the shockwave maneuver or whatever it was. <laughs> yes. or something shockwave, which was definitely fitting because now this leads back into this kind of callback to these classic uh, 80s films once again where they're you know using the grenade, throwing the grenades up, shooting them and, and taking out the droids. So I really enjoyed that. Now this, for me, it, it felt like textbook. They're showing off these new guys muscles right and i mm. think that was then the intention of this first shootout but then it just kind of keeps going and it goes into multiple shootouts throughout the rest of the episode where yeah. they're kind of doing the same thing which i did was not expecting i was kind of thinking it was going to be the classic clone wars they were going to get in a tight spot and then it's just going to be a lot of you know a lot of blaster beams going left and right and it kind of be overwhelming but this mm-hmm. was really like, yeah, you have these guys jumping around, cutting down these droids. And man, have I missed just being able <laughs> to see droids just get cut down and sliced in half. And then, of course, record playing with the head of one of them. Sure. All of that. I loved every yeah. bit of that. Uh, I mean, that's the purpose of droids, right? So that people can cut them, cut yeah. them down like butter. It was you're, you're right. It was fairly relentless, right? The pace of the episode Right up until the end, uh, it, it seems like it is just one set piece after another. Okay, we take down the troops that are about to overrun us. Great. Oh, now we come across an outpost. Let's take it over. You know, let's cut down some more droids and blow up some more doors. And then, okay, now we found the prize. We found the satellite. You know, now we got to get there. Um, so you, you're right. There was a lot of action in this one. As I was watching it, I'm like, oh, this is one for the little boys. You know, mm-hmm. like this isn't a uh, a character-driven episode where you've got a lot of politics or you've got... Uh, you know, them visiting a, a regal world and being introduced to a lot of characters with subtlety. You know, this this isn't one of those episodes. This isn't like an Obi-Wan episode. Uh, this is, yeah, let's let's just go for broke and see how many droid kills we can rack up in 22 minutes. And for that, it was a lot of fun. But this this wasn't an exceptionally smart episode. It, it was just you see what you get. We're we're reintroducing a lot of characters. Um, we're bringing back our droid general and just making sure everyone understands that. Oh yeah, you know he's still around. Uh, so that's going to be a thing. And uh, yeah, just getting us right back into it and giving us a feel for what the series was when it was in this kind of yeah battle mode. Uh, and for that, it it all worked. Uh, but the middle for what it was, mm-hmm. it was a lot of action and and not a lot of substance fun characters and enjoyable to watch, but we're not, you know, we're not visiting the wellspring of the force. We're not building myth. We're not doing like, there's, there's really nothing too serious going on (laughs) other than just setting up what I think is going to be, you know, the, if they, if they continue to follow the, the work prints, you know, we've got, I think a three episode arc where we're going to be pretty close with these characters. So, uh, yeah, this is, this is just all set up here. Yeah, and I think it's really going to lead in nicely to getting into some of those smarter episodes because there were kind of hints of that, like these smarter themes where, yes, they did introduce Trench or brought Trench back and said, yes, he's still here. He is still he's still a problem. He's still an issue for uh, for the Republic. But at the same time, he's integrating this theme like, well, we can't let them figure out how we're breaking all their codes. Right. Basically, we can't let them know that we we can't let them know what our strategy is. 
So we got to really do. And so it introduces this more mature theme and this theme that, like you said, is probably going to last a couple of episodes with these new characters, but is going to play into what they're actually doing to Echo and his brain. And who knows, maybe we get some Order 66 in there and we get to see more themes (laughs) of that because we've already seen how some of the clones were defective and started their uh, order 66 a little early, (laughs) little little trigger happy. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. At this point, there's a lot of setup. They have created a mystery, you know, with the fact that they reveal that the code is echoes. And so the, the assumption is that somehow he's being utilized for the, the algorithm, right? So they've set up an appropriate MacGuffin and we're kind of in, in a way, I think maybe uh, they're, they're trying to, pay some sort of tribute to maybe like the world war two enigma code situation, mm-hmm. yep. you know, where when it came right down to it, wars can be won by your ability to outmaneuver someone and maybe get Intel that, you know, you're not supposed mm-hmm. to have and sort of, you know, outfox their strategy because maybe you got the inside info. It seems like we could be going in some really fun places with all of that. We just only get hints of it at this point. And that's why this episode feels so straightforward is because they leave us with the questions, but at this point we just, you know, it took the whole episode to get us there. Yeah. And there was definitely this really interesting thing, which leads me into uh, my next point about Anakin. So we've seen Mm. in the previews, Anakin coming face to face with trench and he does not look happy in that trailer where at least we're assuming that it opens up and he's staring at trench himself. It could be, it could be kind of a bait and switch thing. (laughs) I don't actually have a full awareness of this, but I think this is where he loses Mace Windu. And so my speculation for the next week is that there's an opportunity that comes about. They get pissed off at trench for whatever, you know, maybe they're doing something. We know they're doing something immoral to echo, but maybe it's like, beyond any type of uh, redemption. Maybe it's so terrible and Echo dies when they get to him. Who knows? But I think something pushes Anakin to that next level where Mace Windu basically says, hey, no, we can't do that. Yes, I know we got the shot on him, but this isn't a part of our plan yet. We got to let some other things play out first. And then maybe Anakin acts with pure emotion. Um, I think that Echo is going to play a very strong theme into anakin losing the trust of mace windu that's kind of where i'm getting at and i think that trench is of course the puppet master in this whole thing Mm. i know that's really far out there but i i'm I'm holding to my guns this one well here here's what i'm gonna tell you do not go and revisit the work prints don't go watch those previous episodes (laughs) because there's already a few answers to be had so since since you've been able to do a memory wipe on that and come into this fresh don't ruin the surprise for yourself because mm-hmm. I, I feel like i'm a little like as long as they stick to you know what they already established i'm a little bit ruined for these episodes they're not going to be quite as much fun for me mm-hmm. um but yeah if you can go in blind and uh enjoy the the roller coaster uh do not do not rob yourself of that opportunity and you know what we'll we'll check back in a couple episodes and see where we land <laughs> and i, and I want to encourage our listeners those that are if they haven't visited yes. those things or they're not aware kind of Go with me on this one. Don't don't look at them until it's done. Yeah, those work prints are awesome. You know, like that is uh, a great thing to be able to see how the shows come together. But at this point, they've basically become pure spoiler. Ah. So you you want to see them. They're they're a bonus feature. But make sure you watch the new episodes first if you haven't already seen them. Then go back and watch them and and see you know how the you know how they contrast each other. But don't don't rob yourself. This yeah. is this is going to be too much fun these next seven episodes. So don't uh, yeah oh, don't deny yourself the joy. I mean, I kind of, now that you mentioned that, I'm starting to have some <laughs> memories come back to me on, uh, I think yeah. I do remember seeing, uh, 
seeing some of that stuff. Yeah, go visit Babu Frick and, and get a memory wipe. Yeah. So, man, do you have uh, closing comments on this episode? We're off to a good start. I was happy to see a polished up, beautiful looking, finished version of what was familiar. Now I'm ready to go somewhere and, and be surprised. And that's that's my final take on the episode. Well, I have nothing else to say on that. That was perfectly <laughs> said. Other than that, John, while they're waiting a week to get our next episode covering the Clone Wars Season 7, where else can the people find you? Well, unfortunately, they'll have to wait a week for anything fresh from my other podcast, the SNL After Party, because SNL's on hiatus right now. They're coming back with John Mulaney next week, so we're going to have some coverage shortly thereafter around the end of the month about that episode. But if you're up on SNL and you want to hear some commentary and a fun discussion uh, about the nuts and bolts of that show, you can always check out our back catalog. We've got coverage of every new episode since the beginning of season 42. So there's plenty there to digest. If people like SNL, go check out snlpodcast.com. And you can keep up with this show throughout the week on Twitter at Star Wars TV Talk and by emailing us at hello at Star Wars TV Talk.com. And you can find the rest of our episodes online at Star Wars TV Talk.com and by searching for Star Wars TV Talk wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a five star review. You can find more awesome TV Talk podcasts at TV Talk.fm. Thank you so much for listening and may the force be with you always. <laughs>